League that's brought to you by CP and MC. Chris, what's going on tonight, man? Oh, very good, Matt. I got uh, the kids have been asleep for an hour and a half. I got a new headset. Uh, you know, we're recording this, we're trying some things out, you know, I- I'm pumped this league that we started, you know, a couple weeks ago, right? W- what are we two weeks? Um, you know, it- it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, it was kind of a quick draft, I thought, despite all of the uh, <laughs> incessant whining by Stephen Delu. I thought oh. it was a pretty smooth draft. I mean, you didn't have anybody coming close to using the full eight hours. Everybody pretty responsive, battled through some adversity. I thought it was a very, very smooth draft. Very happy with how it went. Um, and here we are. We finished up 25 rounds. Uh, Chris, you and I are both pretty happy about our team uh, although we've already seen some shaky news here with the AJ Green injury, uh, thankfully it wasn't as serious as uh, it could have been for sure. But um, you know, it's <clears throat> what do you think about what we did, Chris? And obviously, our strategy was to amass as much depth as possible here, since we're starting eleven in a fourteen-team league. Yeah, I mean, this is these roster settings are so deep that. You know, our game plan was basically to, like you said, trade back, trade back, trade back, amass as much capital as possible. And then, you know, when the time felt right, we'd start pouncing. We'd start making our picks. You know, we'd get aggressive and move up for a guy if we had to. I don't know if that we ended up doing that at all. I, I think we did a couple times, actually. I, I know once off the top of my head, we wanted to to get that Fant-Hawkinson combo, and we moved up a little bit. So, you know, there were times where we wanted to get aggressive and move up, but only after we amassed a ton of capital. And, you know, we're looking at our team here. I think it's by far the deepest team in the league. I mean, we are going to be without A.J. Green probably for the first three, four weeks of the season. And honestly, I mean, we're going to feel it, but it could have been a heck of a lot worse. You know, we're plugging in probably Jared Cook, and we're only losing, you know, two, three points off our projection. So, you know, it was all by design. It just amassed this capital. You know, we've got a bunch of guys we like. I mean, we're a fairly young roster too, which I like. I mean, we have a few kind of, you know, elder statesmen, but but they're not that old. Um, I mean, T.Y. Hilton's probably our oldest starter, uh, you know, or A.J. Green if he was starting. But, you know, we kept a nice young core, a ton of depth. And, and yeah, I mean, it went basically all according to plan. Yeah, absolutely, Chris. But uh, we were not the one who drafted the best projected um, score for the very first week here. And that belongs to I'm the champion. And, and I was tracking him the entire way. There's a lot to like about his team. Uh, of course it lacks a little bit of depth, but it's not terrible. Uh, you know, he's got McCoy sitting on the bench. He's got golden Tate. Who's on IR right now. Um, he's got Delaney Walker sitting there. So what did you make of his team? I thought he did an outstanding job. I was impressed the entire way. Yeah, he did a great job. I mean, he kind of manipulated the draft as he saw fit. I mean, he traded back. He traded up. Um, you know, he, he did what he needed to do to to get a really nice roster here. Um, you know, I, I think he had some great value picks here. You know, 
Julian Edelman at, at 801 is a really nice value. I mean, he got Alshon in the 10th at 10.05. I mean, we were sitting there just praying that we could try and get up there to get Alshon or that he'd fall to us in that round, and, and we just couldn't make it happen. You know, that was shame on us. Um, you know, but I thought he got some tremendous values along the way. You know, he played the draft board perfectly. Um, you know, so I think he just did a really nice job of kind of number one, letting the draft fall to him. Number two, moving up when he needed to. Number three, moving back when he needed to. And, and what you see, obviously, here is is the highest projected roster. So, you know, it's hard to find any fault at what he did. Yeah, I will say if there's one knock, it's a little bit of an aging lineup here, Chris. Certainly. Uh, kinda, you know, if you yeah. look at it here, Matt Ryan, you know, you don't love what's left of David Johnson and Dame Williams. You know, Julio Jones, you know, still an elite talent right now. You know, Edelman, Jeffrey, uh, Deshaun Jackson, Ben Roethlisberger. I mean, champions got to absolutely go after it here and you know for two or three years you know i like his chances of being around here when it's all said and done you know even the two depth pieces that i mentioned there LaShawn mccoy uh golden tate and even delaney walker i mean those are all guys in the back end of their career um you know frank gore add that add him in there adrian peterson i mean this is this is a very very old roster but I mean, nobody loves this team more than Sleeper loves this team. I, I was telling you guys earlier that, you know, in week 13, he's projected to score 194 points. Um, let's, calm went, let's calm down a little bit. I mean, that's outrageous. Nobody should be projected that high. I know. I'm just saying. But again, he's the only one who's looking at that. Us, who who I, I like our team, you know, is projected for like 170. Uh, so... It just goes to speak how uh, how much they love his team. You know, a second team that I wanted to talk about, team uh, Chris, is Chewy. Um, I thought he gave up a lot of value in this draft. I thought he uh, gave away maybe too many assets to to move up a time or two. But when I look at his roster, it's actually pretty attractive. I don't think he is going to struggle as much as I originally thought. Now, there's definitely some question marks here, but... I think his top end talent could end up carrying him pretty far in this league. Yeah, I mean, I, I actually, yeah, he did really kind of piece together. It's obviously a stars and scrubs approach, but yeah, it, it may work out for him. Um, you, you know, especially if you know if he gets what he what he needs out of McCaffrey here. Um, you know, I mean, McCaffrey can carry you every single week. I, I thought you know he would be kind of screwed at quarterback. Um, you know, based on what he gave up, uh, you know, and, and what rounds he gave up, but he's fine. I mean, he's fine. He's got, you know, luck and Stafford, um, you know, he's fine there. So, you know, he, and he's good at running back. He really, you know, what hurts him is wide receiver. I mean, wide receiver is a disaster with Sutton Inunua and John Brown, um, and Kenny Stills. I mean, that that's not a good wide receiver core, but uh, you know, aside from that, he's in okay shape. I mean, tight end leaves a little bit to be desired as well. But, you know, I mean, we know your feelings about Matt Lacoste. He's probably <laughs> going to score 3,000 points, uh, you know, th this season. So um, he may be okay there. Uh, you know, so he kind of needs one of these wide receivers to pop and be a, you know, a high-end wide receiver too, I think. But I, I think, yeah, I mean, I think he did okay, all things considered. I mean, 
you know, he had the opposite approach as us, basically. He was like, let me get up, let me get my stars, and I'll figure the rest out. And, and you know, it may have been okay for him. Yeah, a, a guy that I think uh, maybe not going to be so okay who went with a similar approach is Asterisk. Uh, he kind of went with the stars and scrubs approach. He's got Kamara, he's got Mixon, he's got Hopkins. You know, those are all top tier, top flight players. You know, then he's got on the back end, you know, we're in a tight end premium league and he's starting Hayden Hurst. We're in a two, uh, you know, a super flex league. He's starting Foles and Andy Dalton uh, with Flacco kicking on the bench. So I guess kudos for getting three. You know, wide receivers past Hopkins or Pettis, Sterling Shepard, who uh, not going to be with us this year. Uh, sorry, Coleman's the one who busted his ACL. Shepard yep. has the busted thumb. So we will get some uh, Shepard this year. Um, and then Valdez Scantling, uh, Miles Sanders. So I don't know how well this is going to go for him. I mean, his depth is horrendous. I mean, you look on the bench, his best bench player is uh, Willie Sneed here, projected to score six points. You know, he's got He's got DJ Chark, so... You know, we're looking at one injury away from, I mean, we're already into dipping into some serious scrubs with Hayden Hurst, but we're looking at one injury away from forget about this year. Yeah. So here's where it went wrong for him. I mean, you can pinpoint the spot if you look at the draft board where the things, where everything went off the rails for him. Um, at 4.14, and I know this is his guy, he's made it known a million times in chat. He loves Miles Sanders. But in the midst of a QB run where we saw almost every single QB go off the board in round four and round five, at the end of round four, he takes Miles Sanders, you know, after like nine QBs had gone. Um, And it continued in round five. I think there were nine QBs that came off the board in round five as well. So he got stuck there. I think he maybe thought the run would stop. But he got caught with his pants down at taking Miles Sanders there. So, you know, that really kind of bit him. If he had taken, um, you know, Jameis Winston or Jimmy Garoppolo at 4.14 instead of Sanders and then came back and come, you know, gotten Dalton, trade up for Dalton or just taken Foles at 6.14, I think we'd be looking at this team a little differently just because he'd have, you know, a, a solid QB1 as opposed to, you know, the disaster that is Andy Dalton, Nick Foles and, and, you know, and whatever else he's got going on there and Joe Flacco. So um, I think that's really kind of where it came off the rails for him. But, um, you know, and and that's the tough part is when you're picking on the turns, sometimes you can get caught, you know, missing out on these runs. And he did here. You know, Chris, here's the team who people may look past because his projections right now are not great. But I want to talk about many face God here. Um, projected to score 140 points in his opening matchup versus the Dukies here. But uh, he's got a couple of guys here that are noticeably absent from his lineup. First of all, is David Carr uh, needs to be in that super flex spot rather than uh, Madison there. I think uh, that's so, Eric Carr, by the way. How many times are you going to do that? I will do that forever. Um <laughs> And then if you keep looking down on IR, he's got Mel Gordon, who yeah. um, who they still got him as suspended for some reason here, but um, so able to be placed on IR. But he can pop him in for Eckler. So he's probably looking at about 23 or so more projected points than what he currently has. I've got many face God as probably a lock to be in the playoffs 
probably a top four team right now. Yeah, I, I said it during the draft. I think it was around, you know, round 11 or 12. I said, I, I really like what he was doing. Um, I thought he did a really nice job. He, he didn't make a ton of moves. Um, he traded up to get Dak Prescott. I think he might have given up a first straight up. Is that the deal where he gave up a, a 2021st straight up to uh, our buddy Tim Flush you for, for Dak um, for that pick in the fourth round? I think that's what it was. And and that's just a steal. I mean, to grab Dak there for a 2021st straight up is like it's criminal. It, 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 that's criminal. It's stealing. Um, and, you know, I think the rest of his roster is solid. I think this is a very, very good team. I've liked it for a while. I've been staring at it. it. It's good. I mean, he did a nice job for not making a ton of moves. Yeah, it's awesome. You know, you mentioned Tim. He just put on chat that he's rebuilding. Uh, not exactly what you want to be saying. <laughs> Coming out of uh, the draft, I have a feeling a couple people took advantage of his uh, his drinking in the evening here as he gave up <laughs> some pretty serious value uh, at times. But listen, uh, we've played with Tim a long time. You know he's not going to be bad for for very long. He's going to turn this thing around, right the ship. Uh, so I'm not worried about him one bit. Chris, let's talk about the elephant in the room here. <laughs> that is your friend and mine, JPC Double Deuce here. Um, first things first, he's projected to score 88 points. That's not as bad. As I thought he'd be projected for, <laughs> given the way his draft went. Yeah, uh, and it's actually going to be a little better, too, because right now Sleeper has Antonio Brown projected for zero for some reason. So um, he's going to be right around, I don't know, a, a, a buck, a buck 08, 108, something like that. Um, and is actually his super flex is empty as well. Although he doesn't really have anything on the bench to plug in there. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, okay, so everybody understands what he was doing, right? Like he was just trying to amass as much future capital as possible. Um, I, I don't, I mean, he made a pick at 205 Amari Cooper. That's fine. I, I like that. Um, you know, he made a pick at 301 of Antonio Brown, which. I don't think that makes any sense, Matt. I mean, you have to recoup two firsts of value for Antonio Brown, um, you know, to make that pick worth it. And and I don't think you can get that for Antonio Brown anymore. Now, listen, if he does, fine. It was a fine pick. But, I mean, my biggest issue with, with what Jim did is – he didn't lock in his quarterbacks. He has no quarterbacks. So he's amassed all this capital and now he has to spend half of it to get quarterbacks. Um, you know, he's going to have the one one and he, uh, he ha now all of a sudden he has to take Tua. like he, he has no choice. So he takes Tua, and then, you know, who, who knows if, if Tua pans out, I mean, I think he's a solid prospect, but he's by no means bulletproof. Um, so he has to take Tua with his one on one. So he's used up his biggest chip, his biggest trade chip. Um, and, and then he's got he's probably got to take another QB along the way in the first. I mean, whether that's Jake Fromm or or or, or another one of these QB prospects coming out in 2020. And then what? I, I mean, so he's got two rookies that are not going to produce for him. Um, I mean, he's got a he's got a a young roster. Obviously, I mean. 
he drafted as much, as such. You know, he's got Njoku, Amari Cooper, Corey Davis. I mean, those guys are going to be relevant, but he's got nothing else. Um, and, and he didn't lock in his quarterback. So, you know, that's my issue with that. I, I just don't think if if I was going to go this route, and, and actually, you know, we, we did go this route in one other league, the auction league that we did. Um, you know, we said, let's punt this year. Let's save money. But we had to make sure we locked in our quarterbacks. Um, it's just too hard to get quarterbacks in this type of format. Yeah, I mean, he, he did get Teddy Bridgewater. It's certainly not going to be, you know, it's not something we're going to write home about here. But uh, it's something. And I think he has a very, very good chance to be something at some point. And, you know, maybe he finds out that information sooner rather than later. And he won't have to blow a, a pick. But... You know, as far as quarterbacks go, you know, he's going to have to get Tua next year. And then if that's still all he's got at quarterback, I mean, you can lock him into the 101 the following year uh, where he's going to have to go and grab uh, Trevor Lawrence, which, again, is two fine picks. But again, you're right. Imagine if he could trade those picks for the the ransom that he could probably get for. But I don't think he can risk it, uh, you know, unless he is really looking two years, three years down the road, and maybe he sells 101 next year for a King's Ransom, gets even more picks. I mean, you know, Jimmy's gone down this picks road before in some leagues that we're in, and he's done quite well, especially in our neighborhood league. Um, yeah. He, he got a ton of firsts, uh, and now all of a sudden he's probably a, a top-two favorite to uh, win the league this year. So, um I'm not again. I'm not worried about him. I know he's capable of it. I think there's a few he wishes he had back. He made the comment in chat that probably not great to have no picks in the or two picks in the first six, and then six in the last two. So I think that kind of speaks to his his situation. You know, he he's got the six first. He's got the a few seconds if I remember correctly. One, two, three seconds. He's got two firsts in 2021. He's got a lot of picks. What's he going to do with those? Is he going to make the best of them? Are they going to turn out to be good picks? Um, you know, we mentioned Asterisk, T.O.B., Ours, I'm the Champion, and Chewy. Um, all those pretty solid projections. So, you know, it's going to be interesting. I, I think he's banking a little bit too heavily on flipping some of these guys. He's got Tevin Coleman. I know he's trying to flip him. You know, Carlos Hyde, he's just praying Dame Williams goes down and he could uh, flip Hyde. Uh, you look at a guy like, uh, who is the other one? Um, Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown. But, I, I mean, backup running backs. Justin Jackson, hoping that Mel Gordon yep. stays out when Jackson's the guy. Jimmy Chase can Edmonds. Th- Chase Edmonds, these are guys that he could possibly get a, a, you know, a first for if they happen to be the guy. Yeah, I mean, the problem is, is you're only going to have so many buyers since you already have six firsts. I mean, (laughs) there's there's only so many left. I I just look at this and I say, okay, you know, instead of Antonio Brown, what if he takes Kyler Murray at, at 301 or, you know, name your favorite young quarterback, Carson Wentz, Jared Goff. Um, you know, any of these guys, or what if he trades back again from 301 and, and accumulates, you know, what if he gets, you know, three, 313 and like, you know, 408 or, or, or even 50, 505 or something like that, 
you know, for that 301 pick. All of a sudden, I think it looks a lot better if you just have, you know, if you have Kyler Murray and Sam Darnold at quarterback. The team, to me, just looks a lot better. I think he just mucked it up a little too much in his haste to trade back. That's, you know, it's just going to be so hard for him to get quarterbacks. He's going to have to draft them. And then we're talking probably, you know, a couple years um, until they're fantasy relevant. It's just the the nature of rookie quarterbacks. Uh, All right, Chris, one little trend here that I wanted to mention was this is a tight end premium getting, getting a point and three quarters per reception here. Yeah. And I was kind of shocked at where the tight ends fell to in this draft. I mean, in the first round at the end, I think the very last pick in the first was George Kittle. Yep. That then you see Kelsey going late in the second, uh, at two ten. Then you see Ertz going at the top of the three. Then it's kind of a sprinkling OJ Howard late in the fourth, Evan Ingram earlier in the fourth, nothing in the fifth, although that was the QB run. You've got nothing in the sixth. Uh, sorry, we, Hunter Henry in the sixth. Yep. And then you've got Njoku in the seventh. I expected there to be a little more, I think, here is my my point. And then you look at some of the value that falls down. I mean, Herndon going in the 12th round, I think, is a steal. Jared Cook going in the 10th. Kyle Rudolph in the 11th. Uh, these are all pretty good value picks. These are guys that are going to offer you a very solid floor. And if this is the back end of your roster, you got to like that upside. So, the teams that were able to do that, you look at J-Cap with Kyle Rudolph there, you know, T.O.B. with Mark Andrews, if you like him. You know, we got Jared Cook there in the, you know, in the 10th. So what do you think about that? Yeah, I was really surprised because, you know, Travis Kelsey basically at, at this scoring would, would have put him, I believe, at wide receiver six or RB5. So that, you know, I mean, it's it's a serious premium on these tight ends and people just seem to kind of ignore it for a little while. But, you know, I think it was just a matter of, all right, you know, it's a a little game of chicken and kind of everybody kind of played along. Um, And, and, you know, the the tight ends just keep, just kept falling, Um, you know, and and I was a little surprised to see that. Um, I I thought they'd go higher, uh, you know, but I guess, you know, when, when you see Travis Kelsey go at 210, you kind of get a feel that you kind of get a feeling that the the tight end premium is going to be ignored a little bit. People are going to focus on the other positions. Um, but you know, I, you know, it just kind of played out that way. You know, I, I really like what we did grabbing Fant and Hawkinson in the eighth, and, and then coming back with with a couple wily vets like uh, like Jared Cook and and uh, Greg Olson. Um, and then there was other great values along the way. I mean, Jordan Reed in the 17th is crazy value. Um, if he stays healthy or, or, or even gives you eight games, I think, you know, he's going to be fine. Uh, like Delaney Walker, as you mentioned, in the 15th is great value. Um, you, you know, so it, it was weird kind of how it played out, but it just seemed like everybody kind of played along and just said, all right, let's let these tight ends fall. Yeah, we didn't see the run happen really till the eighth when there were six tight ends taken, starting with Vance, Hawkinson, and Fant, you know, Goddard, Hooper, and Ebron. All six of those guys went at the top of the eighth, you know, all the way back through 8-10 there. So um, that was another thing, you know, and the other thing was quarterbacks. I I thought it was kind of strange how it went down early. You know, Hercules texted me, 
you know, before he made the pick at nine and said, this is a super flex, right? You know, yeah. we've seen we've seen Patrick Mahomes go higher than 109 in single QB leagues, I think. Um, so to Matt, see him. Yeah, Matt, let me let me interrupt you real quick. We have a, a, a semi blockbuster trade uh, as we're recording here. We've got Chewy giving up Andrew Luck and getting back Philip Rivers and Chris Godwin from Tim, our guy Flush You. So what do you think about that as we're sitting here on as we're sitting here recording? Big win for Flush You here. Love that he gets luck here. Uh, I I like it for Chewy. I don't love it. I think he loses value here. But I think based on what we were saying about him a little bit earlier, he could afford to grab a little more depth. Uh, so I think in that regard, I like it. I think he probably could have done a little bit better for Andrew Luck, though. A sp- you know, quarterback's a problem yeah. now. Yeah, I think he could have done better for Andrew Luck as well. But I, I think this is a, a move he kind of had to make, you know, based on what we we're talking about. I mean, you know, it gives him, a, you know, his wide receiver core, you know, as we mentioned, is not good. So, you know, he adds Godwin there, a guy who could legitimately see 100, uh, you know, could, could get 100 catches this year in Tampa, uh, you know, in that, that explosive offense. So, um, you know, I think it's a little light for luck, but I think it's a move that, you know, puts him, puts Chewy a little bit more in the conversation. So um, I, I think that's, uh, I, I think that's interesting. I mean, he's now looking at Rivers and Stafford as only quarterbacks. Um, that That's a pretty aging duo right there. And, you know, you mentioned when we were talking about his team that he didn't really have that anchor at wide receiver. Is Chris Godwin the locked-in anchor you're hoping to get in a super flex, you know, for Andrew Luck? I I, don't, I have a t- tough time buying that, Chris. No, I mean, well, you know, it's not, but he obviously maybe didn't get any better for Luck. So um, he just kind of ran with it, and, and that's fine. I mean— if you're a believer in Godwin, I mean, there there's people out there who think Godwin is going to be a, a top 15 wide receiver there this year, just based on, you know, the volume being projected in Tampa. So, I mean, we'll see. It, it, it's a gamble. It's it's a, a young upside wide receiver to go with the rest of his core. So, um, you know, we'll see how it goes for him. Listen, I th- it definitely helps him this year, but I think in the long run, I think this is a bit of a problem for him. But, um, you know, back to what I was saying about quarterbacks before, you know, Hercules texted me and said, this is a super flex league, right? And he goes and he grabs uh, Mahomes at nine. The next quarterback doesn't come off till two nine where Baker goes. Then you've got Watson and Luck there uh, to finish out the second round. Then you've got Kyler Murray bouncing in there, Aaron Rodgers. I think I expected more to come off earlier. And then there's just a mad run here. Uh, as we go into the fourth and the fifth year, there is a total of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 quarterbacks picked over 28 selections here. Uh, and the quarterback run was on. Uh, we admittedly reached a little bit as we got there where we had Darnold in there at uh, 505. I didn't, I hate it. That was probably our, my least favorite pick of the draft. But it got to the point where, Chris, we weren't going to go again till 610. And it yeah. was like, what's going to happen right now between 5 and 10? And we couldn't really risk it, but we go ahead and we get a, a young guy there. But that's probably my least favorite pick of the draft. 
Yeah, we were devastated to see Garoppolo and Cousins right before us. We were hoping, it, you know, one of those two was on the board and we could have grabbed one of them. Instead, we go with a little unproven guy, Sam Darnold. But, um, you know, we wanted to stay young at quarterback. Um, and, and, you know, we didn't want to go with a Rivers or a Breeze um, or a Roethlisberger. And, and you know, I, I think we added a good solid third QB in the seventh which I'm happy about, Marcus Mariota. I mean, I know you don't like him, but, um, you know, I think that was a pick we needed to make just to get that third young QB. I mean, it's not like he's going to be flushed out of the league if he, if he doesn't perform this year. So, um, you know, I think we did okay at quarterback. But, yeah, it was, it was crazy to see that many quarterbacks come off the board that quickly. Um, you know, but that's kind of, you know, I, I mean, I don't want to blow smoke here, but, I mean, I, these are this is a pretty smart group of drafters. Um, this is what, what you would see kind of in a um, you know kind of a, 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 a an industry kind of draft where where quarterback kind of gets pushed down a little bit, even in superflex. Um, you know, people try to fill out the other positions and then just hope to not miss out on the run. So you know, I think we have a, a lot of smart drafters here that just kind of. You know, okay, let's wait until we absolutely have to, um, you know, because quarterbacks, I mean, they're all about the same. You know, I mean, there's obviously Mahomes gives you an advantage. Baker gives you an advantage. Watson, Luck, you know, there's some some guys in that top tier. But once you get past that, it's basically, um, you know, it's basically a lot of similarities between quarterback. You don't really get a weekly advantage. So, you know, I think it kind of played out you know, in a reasonable manner as you kind of analyze it. Yeah, all, all these owners were handpicked here. So, you know, it's going to be a quality league like that, Chris. I think it's going to be absolute mayhem, I think, for the next couple of weeks here. Um, you know, we, we noticed that, you know, the reason some of these guys were picked was because of the activity they like to be involved in. So I think we're going to see a ton of moves made. I think, you know, we're already, what, three hours since the draft has been over, yeah. maybe less. Yeah. And we've already got a top five dynasty quarterback on the move here. Um, so I think we're going to see plenty more of that. We've got a lot of guys throwing people on the block right now. Wouldn't be surprised to see another, um, you know, another trade go down tonight. But the thing is, you know, now that the lineups are kind of set and they can see what it looks like, I think you're going to see a lot of people saying, man, I wish we had some depth or maybe a couple people saying, hey, I wish I had a, another stud here and see some kind of deals like that go down. You know, our mindset was, you know, come trade time, come deadline time, come, you know, playoff push time. Not too many guys are going to be able to afford the big name players. Uh, so let's be the team that can afford to make that big move uh, to solidify the roster as we get into playoff time. So, you know, there's a massive premium on being a top two team in this uh, in this format here as you finish out the regular season. You know, first two teams get a bye, obviously. And what's probably more important is you get to choose between your week 14 and week 15 score in your semifinal matchup. So it's a huge advantage right there. Um, so everybody's gunning for those top two spots. Probably doesn't matter which one you get really. Um, and then it's all about chasing, chasing paper after that. Yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be a heck of a lot of fun. Um, you know, I, 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 you know, we did a heck of a job kind of filling out this league with, 
with a lot of action players, you know, um, and, and we're seeing it already. You know, we saw a ton of trades um, in, in the startup. We're going to see a ton more, I think. I, I think you're right. The next couple of weeks is going to be mayhem. Um, you know, I, I think I'm going to have to keep you in check. You're going to have to keep me in check. <laughs> um, it, you know, it's just kind of how it is. One final question, Chris, before we log off. Is Steve in Duluth going to bring anything more to the table other than complaining about the draft? <laughs> now that it's over, he's been relatively silent. Is, you know, does it get better with him? Oh, it's going to, it's going to, he's going to be, he's going to be a mover and a shaker. I can feel it in my bones. Um, you know, I, I can't, uh, I, I can't let one, this one thing go, Matt. Um, not having to do with Steven Lou. I got, he's going to be fine, but, is our relationship going to be fine after you forced this Devonte Freeman pick on us at 6.5? Okay. I said, let's take DJ Moore, DJ Moore, DJ Moore. <laughs> I tried to get DJ Moore from the third round on and you weren't having it. And then, you know, 605 rolls around. He's still on the board and you're like, we got to get Devonte Freeman. Got to get Devonte Freeman. I said, finally, I relented just because you were so adamant about it. And then DJ Moore goes, and, and I I accused you of texting your buddy Hercules and telling him to pick DJ Moore just so you didn't have to. I'm telling you, we are going to regret this pick. You know, DJ Moore is going to break out all over the place, and I may never talk to you again. I'm willing to risk that, Chris. <laughs> Uh, so we're probably looking to sell the podcast business if anybody's interested, uh, as we will never be talking to each other again if DJ Moore here breaks out. But I feel rather safe in my uh, prediction there. I love that we added him at running back. I mean, he's our third running back, Chris. If not Devontae Freeman, then who? Brian Hill, baby. That's who he is. Oh, my God. You know what? <laughs> now that you've brought it up, I'm going to kind of play the draft out here after that pick uh, <clears throat> and see what would have happened here. Come on. Let's go. We uh, need to end this pod. We need to end it. Let's go. Stop. No, no, no. Let me look. Let me look now. So at 6.05, we grab Devontae Freeman. The running backs after him are... Rashad Penny, also your guy. I, I oh, know you would have been happy I, with that. I tried to take him in that t- instead of that Tyler Lockett pick, and you said no. Kareem Hunt, Darrell Henderson, Philip Lindsay, Chris Carson, Tariq Cohen, and Royce taken, Freeman. Would have it's taken a, any of those guys. It's a dumpster fire after Freeman, oh, and, I'm not, and I'm not saying that Freeman doesn't. Hang up. Does, hang up. Does I, can't, I can't deal with this. I just hang up. All right. Good night, everybody. <laughs>